Did you ever think in your life that you'd say going to an embroidery class was thrilling? I mean, Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. Well, welcome to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. My guest today is Chloe Albin. Chloe, I'm going to just say hello, welcome, and ask you to tell our guests about yourself because, like I just (laughs) told you before I hit record, I started with this little, little area and now we've got other topics. So, welcome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Tell us about yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I wear many hats. Uh, If I'm going to prioritize or put them in an order, um, first and foremost, I'm a dancer, professional dancer. Um, I'm a choreographer. I'm an educator of dance, and I teach kids, teenagers, my peers, and I also run a small business. So that is the embroidery side of things, which first brought you to me. (laughs) Which was how I first uh, came across you. Well, let's, yeah. let's talk about dancing in, in that. How did you get started? Because um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reading your website and, and I could mm-hmm. make a, I could tease you about something, but I, we'll wait for a few oh, more minutes. Before we'll, I tease we can you. get there. Yeah. yeah, we'll get there. So <laughs> how did you get started in dance? Let's, let's go with that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, as a two, three-year-old was bopping around enough that my parents were like, oh, we should sign her. We should sign her up, see what happens. And it stuck like big time. Okay. And I danced, yeah, three years old was the first dance class. And then, uh, I mean, all through my, you know, school years till I was 18, I got pretty heavily involved. I mean, it'd be like some weeks, you know, minimum of 10 hours a week of outside of, you know, school time hours, like training, um, mm-hmm. competition team and all that stuff. And then I studied dance in college as well. Cause it was, that is my path. <laughs> so That's it's never path. been a question of like, Oh, should I continue this? I was like, no, this is what I love. This is, this is it. So if you, if you saw me in person, you would understand I have two left feet. So dance <laughs> and Scott don't go together at all. Uh-huh. If I had to like make you define your dance Mm -hmm. it's like stylistic yeah thank you help me um not stumble over my words so stylistically where where's your passion yeah i mean so i i went growing up i was trained in like tap jazz ballet um kind of the those yeah the three main ones um in college kind of went into modern more um so now I teach all those things still, mm-hmm. but I would say like my performance life, that side of things is definitely a hybrid of all of them. Like tap has come into my performance work. Um, I would say if you think about like the type of dancing you see, like on a Broadway stage, like more theatrical, like it is, a lot of it is based in jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of my work, I think lives in that category, but really like that category. And then you add a character to it, or there's like okay. those other levels of performance, but from a foundational level, a lot of my like jazz and ballet training paired with that character work. Okay. Is, so, is where I land now. <laughs> so acknowledgement here, warning, mm-hmm. warnings, ignorant statements coming. That's okay. When I think of ballerinas, I mm-hmm. think of fairly small, 
petite and you're six foot tall. I so, sure am. <laughs> so am I wrong yeah. in, in my, in my perception that ballerinas are small, short in stature? Um, I would say a, a little, a little wrong. I think uh, in the, in that realm, like, and that was never my path also. Uh-huh. Like there are certain qualities you've got kind of have to be born with. Um, you know, I, I never considered going prima ballerina um, okay. because I liked everything else so much as well. But um, I think there are some tall ballerinas. I think usually, and again, maybe even what I'm going to say is wrong. I think usually they're a little bit shorter than me though. Like I, I'm, I'm a tall gal and I You're, don't, yeah. I don't actually know how many like six foot tall um, ballerinas there are um okay. but i don't so, think the ma- i don't think the majority of them yeah so yeah. when did you get your height did you get it really young or did you i mean were you mm-hmm. one of those awkward kids like myself that grew six inches in a summer i mean what what <laughs> yeah i well you know i didn't grow six inches in the summer but it was kind of like a slow and steady okay. i was always the kid in the back of the school picture like the tall like put her in right. the back um uh-huh. you know and just kind of the whole the whole way through elementary, middle school, high school. But I, I mean, I think I was six foot by the time I was like 15, 16. Okay. Probably right. 16 is when I kind of. So were your parents uh, tall? Are your parents tall? They'll probably have feelings about what I'm about to say. I, yes, they are. But I outgrew them again at about 15. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, my sweet father says he's 5'10", but I think it's about 5'9", and mom, like similar. So, okay. Um, All right. So, yeah, I... I outgrew them and both my brothers are taller than me. So they okay. also um, surpassed. All right. So, and just to yeah. get it out of the way, because we talked about this when we talked on the phone, you did not play basketball. I mean, it was not, Correct. Your, that was not your thing. So we're not going to, you know, we're not going to touch that. That's the biggest pet peeve. No basketball, no volleyball, no basketball, no volleyball. Did your brothers uh, play sports? Yeah, they, um, well, okay. I have two of them and one okay. brother was also into dance. And okay. so he did that. And then the middle brother was the different brother. So he did a lot of baseball. He ran cross country. He played soccer. Mm-hmm. So okay. he did he did that realm, but not me. Not you. Okay. No. All right. So you did all of this from three years old all the way through high school. You went to college in dance. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to college at? Yeah, I went to Chapman University down in Orange County. Orange County. So when I think Orange of Orange County, County, I think of Disneyland. Um, yeah, we were like 15 minutes away okay. from Disneyland, like campus to Disney, which was a sweet deal for a freshman. We were like, ooh, I'm going to splurge on that Disney pass just one year. <laughs> Going there multiple times a week. Like, you know, I lived that life um, right off the bat. But, so how many yeah. times have you been? Okay, so this is not Washington State related, but just out of curiosity, how many <laughs> times do you think you've been to Disneyland? I mean, very that's a hard question. I went a lot that in that year with the past because you want to like get your money's worth. I mean, right. in that year alone, I mean, at least 20 times. Okay. But, All right. Yeah, we, you know, because you go, you'd like finish your schoolwork for that evening and go for like two hours and okay. then go back home. So it was never like a marathon day of like, you got to be there the whole day. Right. But, you know, it's like little bits here and there. Um, okay. Definitely a perk. Orange okay. County is kind of a strange place, but um but so, Disneyland so, is there. So, so, so describe what college is like as a theater or not a theater as a dance major. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of wild. Cause you know, you're, you're doing, you're in, you're on the main campus 
for your like sit down at a desk classes mm -hmm. and then you're you know riding your bike to the dance studios and you're in technique classes for minimum of like six hours a day you know and then you have rehearsals in the evening and and you're doing your writing your papers at night you know it's it's kind of wild the it feels like it's it lives on its own island the dance mm -hmm. department and then you have like main campus so okay. but you yeah you kind of live there you kind of breathe it which i loved you know so for you what was the biggest takeaway from your college experience then yeah Honestly, like, that is a hard one. I think if I'm going to, like, get really general, like, the biggest takeaway is probably, like, mm -hmm. leaving home and going somewhere else to to pursue this thing, like, wondering if I was even good at it or okay. if it was still going to make sense outside of my bubble here. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess so the biggest takeaway is, like, yeah, I, I, I do love dance as much as I <laughs> thought I did, okay. you know, All right. when I was in leaving, leaving high school and um, – kind of just learning what the grind and, is. And where of, did you, bouncing around here, and where you, did you go to high school? Yeah, I went to Inglemore High School in Kenmore. Okay. So okay. not too far from where I sit right now, no, but just not too far. a little and, hop, skip, and a jump north. So when I think of, you know, theater, mm -hmm. and by connection to that dance, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think of Seattle as being, you know, I think of Broadway, New York, Maybe mm -hmm. Chicago, Los Angeles, Seattle doesn't fall in. Once again, I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> How is the Seattle dance scene? Mm -hmm. You know, we're definitely on the map in a way that, you know, was different maybe like 20 years ago. Um, okay. I, I knew... I knew I wanted to move back home, <laughs> even though okay. at the time I was like, oh, is this, a, is this the right choice? Like, what is there in Seattle? So that was kind of my mission mm -hmm. to figure out what was here and if it would sustain me. And um, there's a lot going on, I would say more in the modern contemporary realm. Um, you know, I definitely did some like kind of wild durational works that are maybe a little more seen as strange to folks, you know. Who well, maybe okay, elaborate on that. Time. Elaborate. You know, I mean, I did dances where, <laughs> I mean, let's see. There was a durational work. It was like, it was like 30 minutes long and it was a marathon of a dance. And at the end, like there was whipped cream and there were like, what, there was water and there, there was like, it was like, <laughs> what is happening? But I loved it. I mean, it's like, I kind of went through like really being into this, like, durational like okay what does it take to like go on this journey and not just go perform you know with one idea in mind like kind of your your experience is evolving as you're performing and that's like I mean a very cool thing I do less of less of that now but there's a, there's a lot of that I think um Seattle is like people are coming here from everywhere for dance and I I'll be the first to say like there's probably a lot of people making work here right now that I don't know about you know, in the past couple of years with the pandemic, I'm like, I actually don't know what the shape shape of the dance community is here exactly right now. It's right. like very hard to tell. But in my world, you know, I have a couple of choreographers who I will do anything for. Like I will work for them always. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, my heart, oh wow. And my dog just left on my lap. Hi, bud. <laughs> um, my heart, my heart is definitely very much in like the burlesque and drag community now. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of fiercely talented and smart 
dancers in that world. So that's kind of where I am now. But I think there's a lot of stuff going on here between, you know, you have Fifth Avenue, you have musical theater stuff, you have more like modern contemporary, you have new choreographers. I think it's a great city for new folks who are just like looking to figure out like, what am I doing? Like, here's some dancers who like might be willing to jump in. Um, it's kind of how I got my start. Um, how you got your start. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about, so what, how did you gravitate towards the, the burlesque and the drag um, mm, mm-hmm. genres? I, I mean, it's kind of a wild story. It really is like a beautiful domino effect from like my beginning days here. I am um, like a chore, one of the first choreographers I had worked with in Seattle. Like I was, you know, at one of the dance studios here, professional dance studios, I was early on this is right after i graduated i was mopping floors at like 6 30 in the morning to get free classes so i could you know so i was there all the time mopping floors and cleaning so i could take class for free but also so i could see who was around like okay. who is who's in here who's like making stuff who you know so i met someone a choreographer at that time and then fast forward like i guess like just a couple of years two two and a half years later i got a text message from a drag queen who I at the time had never heard of. And now it's extremely embarrassing to say that I had never heard of this person. Um, but Ben Creme, who is a Seattle talent and amazing performer, texted me saying, hey, I got your number from, this is the said choreographer from like that, you know, years before. Um, and they said that you'd be a good fit for this project. Um, I, I need to audition dancers and the show starts in three weeks. And would you be interested? And I, at the time was like, kind of going through it. It was a low point, like some things, gigs hadn't worked out. And I was like, yeah, I will take that. And then, you know, that cast is, those are some of my closest friends now, like that show and that moment really has, it's changed my life. (laughs) Like truly. So that was in 2017. Um, What show was that? Yeah. It's beware the terror of Gaylord Manor. So this is a show written and produced by Ben de la Creme and it okay. premiered in 2017 at ACT Theater in downtown Seattle okay. and we we do it every year I mean we haven't done it for two years now because of our sweet little uh, pandemic situation that we're in right. but the plan is to bring it back this year um, if anyone's listening and they're fans that is like TBD though in terms of details because we live in a world that's a little like to be determined <laughs> It, it, at all I, times. I, everything's got an asterisk to next yeah, to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we did 2017, 18, and 19. So we've done it three years. And we okay. usually do like, it's like we do like 30 shows in the month of October. So it's like every week we are in there. And um, it's a fabulous, campy show. There's so much like beautiful dancing and acting, and the set is stunning. Um, so that show, um, highly recommend for everyone listening. Um, it's a, right. it's amazing. I am very proud of that show and honored to be a part of it, but that's how that, that started my work with, um, with Ben Creme and with the dragon burlesque communities. All right. I really don't like these questions that I'm about to ask. Cause I ask them <laughs> to most okay. every, and here's the problem. Here's why I don't like them because everyone has to put such a big, like, well, because of COVID. Oh, sure. Know, yeah, know, because of yeah. COVID, you know, and it's like, so let's as best we can. Yeah, let's pretend it doesn't exist. Doesn't okay. exist. 
so you're saying that the dance community in Seattle is, is remember folks, COVID doesn't exist in this. <laughs> it, the, the dance community is thriving and strong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's, you know, it's definitely evolving. I will say that because the, um, this city is so expensive, we've lost a lot of very valuable dance spaces um, in and I know that we're pretending we're in a moment where we're not going to mm-hmm. talk about COVID, but that is a reality that the, sure. the landscape is shifting, even though it is like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Okay. In this yeah, because time. Seattle, the Seattle market for, for housing <sighs> is crazy. Um, yeah. It is. Seattle has its sets of challenges. We're not yeah. here to talk poorly about Seattle. Yeah. But you know, commercial spaces, mm-hmm. if you can't use them as they're designed because People can't come into them. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep the doors open. Yeah, for for yeah. all all genres. I, I love music, and so all the music venues that are struggling mightily, and musicians that are struggling mightily. Mm-hmm. Even even though I said this didn't exist, we're going to have to acknowledge. It. I know. <laughs> but as okay, at the time of recording this, it's February of 2022. I think mm-hmm. we're all cautiously optimistic that life is going to begin to begin to have some structure and normalcy to it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you see? Which, what, what's your prognostication about dance, the future of dance in Seattle in 2022? You know, I feel like it's, it's really exciting right now. I, um, I think that people are willing to take some more risks. Um, just like in what they're choosing to make. Like it's that moment, I think collectively that we're going through everyone in their own way, but kind of realizing like, oh, if this is the thing I want to make or do, mm-hmm. not questioning that and like just going for it, even if it flops, right. I think we sure. got to like, we have to flop. We have to flop to continue to go forward. But um, I think there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot to be excited about this year. You know, I, I think about all my, creative friends and everyone has shows and gigs and you know you're you're navigating this time but the arts community is so malleable and has really been obviously hit hard in this time so everyone is so hungry to just do the thing that they love and it's a lot of work right now it's more work than usual right now but I'm very optimistic about it I the work that I've seen you know in the past few months it's exciting. It like, I think this is a, this is a good, it's a good year. It's like, I know a couple of things that are coming up that I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. We're in it. Like this is people are making things. They're not just waiting, which is good. Before we hit the button. Yeah. You mentioned you'd just seen a show at the fifth Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. How I, was, I, how was it? How was the experience? I mean, I love the fifth Avenue. I am. Um, I haven't been in there since it was like early February, 2020. So right before it was when, you know, COVID was a little glimmer and we kind of knew about it, but, um, oh, this yeah, won't so last. <laughs> this won't last. So I, yeah, it's been a couple of years. Um, but no, to be in a theater with a full audience witnessing okay. this, you know, massive spectacle of a show, it was beauty and the beast. Um, okay. If anyone in that cast is listening to this, y'all are amazing. And like, thank you for that work. Um, But yeah, but I had some friends in it. So just to like to see them again, thriving and doing the thing that we've been waiting for, for years now. um, It was amazing. 
yeah, I was just deciding whether or not to purchase tickets for a large concert in Seattle coming up. And I was like, I ended up opting out. I ended mm-hmm. up just saying at this point, I'm just not quite, if I lived in Seattle, I'd probably be willing to put up with it all, but to drive from Wenatchee hotel, yeah. all the, it just, it's a honestly, whole it just sounded yeah. <laughs> daunting, a little more daunting than I was quite yeah. ready for, I guess. But yeah. What, what venue would that have been? It would have been at the climate change okay cool. change, yeah. I, so, I have not been i haven't been, in I, haven't there been yet. I haven't been there yet either and and nor will i go anytime soon i get it looks like right. um yeah but um I, I ended up deciding not to at least at this point yeah. i might who knows i might yeah. break down so i am i'm scrolling through your website was we talked mm-hmm. which is why i'm kind of randomly you know looking at a bunch of show photos here and some pretty cool stuff yeah so you list yourself as an educator and choreographer for youth mm-hmm. and teens. Let's mm-hmm. let's transition to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I oh my gosh, I love I love teaching. Um I do I teach in a couple different ways. So I teach at a dance studio and mm-hmm. I you know, I my youngest student is two years old <laughs> and you know, <laughs> that we're like doing creative movement and just like moving around together and then my my older students are like you know seniors in high school and mm-hmm. um so it's that whole that whole range uh but yeah but it's like i've been teaching i guess for like six years now and more so right now than i ever have before in my life um simply because there haven't been as many shows you know so i've leaned into the teaching and learned a lot mm-hmm. it's been a very valuable time um but yeah but i i you know my kids do competitions so i choreographed dances that they compete and and then I work with high schools in the area and I I choreograph musicals for theater departments so that's I'm in I'm doing both of those things right now um walk me through that process of choreographing for a high school oh it's so fun you know when you walk into a room I think theater kids are some of the most like special kids like high I mean high school is a weird time for me, you know, like I didn't really have a strong voice and was, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I feel like these kids that I work with in these theater departments, they just have such a clear sense of self, or at least they're like really putting an outward like presentation of like, this is what I'm doing. And it is so amazing to be in a room with kids who they all want to be there and they're all ready to work. And now not all of them have experience in theater. Some of them are baby freshmen and this is their oh, first yeah. thing. Some of them have never done a step touch anything in their life. So no dancing, but some of them have danced before. And so you kind of walk in and you have to navigate. I I always tell the kids, I'm like, listen, like my job here is not to give you movement or choreography to make you feel like you can't do it. Like Mm -hmm. my goal here is to see where you're at and to give you things that you feel strong doing and that you feel confident doing and that you're excited to do like that's my job so you know kind of learning really quick looking at a room of like 32 teenagers looking at you with varying degrees of comfort or um excitement you know some are like they know what's up and some do not know what they have gotten themselves into and so you kind of have to (laughs) navigate that and really like bring them all in but it's it's really great I love it. I love seeing kids kind of discover like, oh, I can do some dancing. Like I didn't know that, (laughs) you know, and I really do think everyone can dance. It's like, you kind of have to take that leap and trust. How long are you typically involved with a 
with a with the production? How long does it take you to you know mm-hmm. choreograph? Are you there through the entire time that the school is doing it, or are you there at the beginning, helping them learn? You know, mm-hmm. they're they're what they're going to do. Yeah, usually I. Every process is a little different. Um, in past years, you know, maybe I'll like come in, I'll start rehearsals with them in like February and mm-hmm. maybe the show, maybe the show's in like the first week of May. And usually, you know, like it takes, takes a while to set all the choreography and but I usually still continue to go in the final weeks of rehearsal and I go to the shows. Um, but okay. right now, the process I'm in right now, we started, um, I guess I guess that was the first week of January. Um, and we were a little, little delayed because we had to go virtual, you know, the high school, we had to navigate some stuff with COVID, but, uh, mm-hmm. but we're, you know, we're rehearsing in person and they open, I think in mid March. So that's a quicker turnaround. Okay. So that, and we're doing a musical that's very dance heavy. So we are like charging full speed ahead. Um, you know, but I see them like about five hours a week, two and a half hours each on two days. And that's, yeah, we get it done, but it's a, it's, it's a hustle. It's a, it's a quick process for sure. So you're involved from the day this, well, not maybe not the day, but the first day that the kids are on at the theater with the school, you're, mm-hmm. you're involved from then until really until the end, mm-hmm. but you said what, five hours a week, correct? Yeah, about five hours a week. Um, so, so how does one very... get a job like that? I mean, you're not a school teacher, so I mean, you're not no. you're not at X Y Z school district. How does how does one find those mm-hmm. opportunities, and how do those opportunities find you? I mean, it's a little serendipitous. I mean, I feel like almost everything. <laughs> I feel like that is my life. Um, is boils down to like who I who you know, you know, and so sure. I. Uh, the first musical I choreographed was actually on my old high school. So my, okay. my youngest brother was a, I think had just graduated at that time, but he had been involved in drama and the drama teacher who I, I never had time for drama when I was in high school. Cause I was dancing literally. Mm-hmm. I was always dancing. So, um, but that drama teacher knew me because of my brother. And so when she was looking for a choreographer, you know, what was that? And I guess that was 2016. Um, you know, she reached out to me through my brother and okay. was like, Hey, would your sister want to do this? And I, of course was like, sure. Like I had never, I had never choreographed a musical um, for high school. Hadn't really d- dabbled in any of that, but I, I'm obsessed with musicals. Let me tell you since like, since I was like 10, I mean, my dream, if anyone asked like, Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, blah, blah, blah. It was like to be on Broadway and my fa- okay. all my favorite movies from childhood were musicals. Like, so when, when this came up, right, it wasn't too far fetched. Like, Oh, would Chloe want to do a musical? Like, absolutely. <laughs> so like, you know, so I, so I did that. And then I, I choreographed on that, on that high school again. So it's Inglemore high school um, mm-hmm. another year. And then this year I'm actually, I'm at a different high school because a student of mine who is involved in this drama program had mentioned to me, this was back in the fall. Um, she was like, Oh, like our drama teacher is looking for a choreographer. Oh my gosh. What if it was you? And they're, you know, they were doing Chicago and I, and that's like a dream. That'd be a dream, you know, to kind of, that's such a fun one. That is so okay. dance heavy. So, so I said, yeah, like, here's my email. Like, let's, 
let's, you know, let's talk, pass it, pass it on to your, to your teacher. And, and yeah, so that's kind of how that happened is I just right. followed through and this teacher is amazing. We're a great team. And so we are, we're, so I'm diving into it. Yeah. A totally different school this year, but okay. I think that's just kind of how it works. It's like, you know, you, you meet people once you're doing the thing, then you're like, right. Oh, and you're the teacher at that school or like, Oh, you do that. So you know, I'm definitely interested in continuing doing this. It's a fun, like, you know, post Christmas, like all high schools do their musical at this time of year. Like, okay. mo I mean, maybe I'm saying that too broad, but I think most do their musical in the spring. So it's musical time. <laughs> I would love to musical always time. do a musical. Yeah. Well, let's transition out of your, your dance and choreography mm -hmm. modeling. Mm-hmm. How yeah. did you get started in that? I mean, you know, like I'm not signed with anybody that is like on the list of like, oh, that'd be fun. Like that'd be a, that'd be a nice thing to add, like another okay. stream of income. Um, sure. But um, I mean, I, I have modeled for different, like I know a lot of photographers, the dance mm -hmm. world and photography, I don't know, everything kind of overlaps. So, so I've met right. some folks through, through dance and them taking photos of me dancing, you know, and then we've right. done like, I've done some wild shoots, like underwater shoots. I've done like full body paint, like gold um, shoots. I, like a lot of like different really cool stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just like I'm kind of down for anything. I I love, you know, talking to a photographer be like, oh, like what, what do you want to create? You know, mm -hmm. like, of course I have like my headshots, but that's like, that's a functional, like you need those. But I like, I kind of like diving into the, well, what could we make? You know, that kind of mindset with, um, with photography. So I'm all, yeah. So I have a couple of people that I work with usually just kind of for fun. I think a couple of things have edit, ended up in like, um, like photography submissions and festivals, but that has been less of the focus and more about like, Oh, let's just make, let's. What has know. been the most fun photo shoot for you that you've been involved mm. in? That is a hard one. I mean, the paint one was kind of wild. Like, that was quite a day. <laughs> um, well, walk that, me through. Walk me through yeah. this whole process. So you full body paint. Yeah. How long did that process take? Um. Well, we had like a like a spray kind of, you know, like machine. So, you know, and it was like, you know, it's paint that's meant for skin. I'll preface it with that. It, it wasn't you like know. you were like going to Sherman Williams <laughs> and going, uh, Just like going for this eggshell looks good. Let's mm -hmm. roll that on. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, but so, I, so most <laughs> of me, you know, I was like, we spray paint or like, you know, use this like spraying thing to cover most of the area and then like had to go in and, with like a paintbrush, um, right. but it was full. It was my hair. It was it was everything. Wow. And it really everything. felt. It really felt like a costume at that point for me, um, right? Because I had never done a photo shoot like nude, which that was. Mm -hmm. But the paint, I was like, oh, this is a costume, right? Eh. Right. Like, it, yeah. Okay. So that that was super cool. But with that same photographer, we've done shoots you know, like I said, underwater. And I think those, that was really cool to figure out like the, your timing, the timing of like, okay, when you take the shot or how much time you have once you're <laughs> underneath Submerged. the water. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, those are definitely, I think, uh, the top two. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's with, I mean, Joe of Jazzy Photo, he does a lot of work in Seattle, but really cool stuff. He's always like, oh, let's do this. Why not? You know, right. um, we work very well together, but yeah, it's fun. So before we transition to the, how we first got introduced yeah. to you, let's <laughs> let's back up and I'm going to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm referring to dance and photography mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. And warning, this question will come up to you in the, the next part too. But mm-hmm. any failures? Like, hey, this sounds like a great idea and whoops, it just didn't work. Yeah. I mean... If I'm thinking about photography first, I mean, nothing comes to mind right away. Like I definitely have seen images where I'm like, oh, or if I'm thinking this is very specific, but you know, if I was doing a shoot and I was like, uh-huh. oh, this pose definitely is going to be the one. And it's like, definitely not the one. So like within, right. within a photo shoot, you know, there are moments that are flopped and like, you're, you know, it's disappointing when something doesn't work out in that way. But I think in the photo shoots as a whole, there are always gems. They're always the, never the ones that you thought were going to be like the right. shot. Right. Um, but no, no complete failures there for me. Okay. What um, about with dance though? With dance? And I'm I not mean, saying this to put you on the spot. I always no, just think that no. the, the creative process, if you don't make mistakes, yeah. I don't know that you're, that as an artist is pushing it all that hard. Yeah. And I think you learn, ton from mistakes yeah so i'm more interested in yeah those awkward lessons that we learn like yeah i thought thought that this body paint in gold would be great but really it should (laughs) have been silver Uh, yeah i mean with dance you know if i'm thinking about failure or things to learn from because i agree i think that that is such a crucial part of any process but the creative process um you know performance failure doesn't come to mind first because to me that's i don't know like in terms of like if you mess up to me that's not Mm -hmm. a failure if you mess up on stage that's not a failure in in my book um but uh if i think about like different processes i've been involved in um Mm -hmm. failure is a tough word i don't think i would even use the word failure as much as like i have learned maybe what what I need in a process. Like there have been okay. processes where I have not been taken care of as a dancer um, okay. or as a human um, and kind of like in earth in, in a way that maybe if someone else is in that process, that's going to be their cup of tea. But for me, I think learning like, Oh, Oh, that's my boundary or like, Oh, that's my edge. Or this is what I need communication mm-hmm. wise from someone. Like I definitely um, I have a strong voice now and I did not used to. And so failure wise i i can tell you that like there's a lot of um ways that people work that i will never be interested in doing again like because i i have a really good thing going now with the folks that i work with and i'm like oh it's clear communication it's we're being paid for our time it's being respected and valued i don't work for free and that's something that um you know it's a rough one in the does that's one of the reoccurring themes in the, mm-hmm. in the art community, no matter what mm-hmm. your, what your, your art is, is being yeah. compensated fairly yeah. Yeah. for your art, mm-hmm. whether you're a, a painter or mm-hmm. a dancer or a guitar player yeah. or insert anything else is, is finding um, how to appropriately value your, mm-hmm. your, your, your art. Yeah. 
and it's a that's a complex thing too yeah yeah right yeah well that's kind of a good segue into your business since let's talk about yeah we didn't plan this we didn't plan this segue so when we first well how i first heard about you was because of your embroidery business Mm -hmm. I, I need you to connect the dots for me. Yeah. Now. I, 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 now that I've talked to you about dance and theater and choreography, and now we're going to talk about embroidery. We sure are. Yeah. How, have- how did you <laughs> stitch this together for me? Oh, I will stitch it together for you. I, so I am not someone who um, relaxes well. Um, if, okay. we, if we've learned anything from this conversation so far, it's that like I hustle. I always have multiple jobs. I like, Free time? What is it? Free time? Okay. Who is she? I don't. I don't know her. And so I. Um, this was again. Everything kind of harkens back to like 2017, 2016. I feel like a lot of things because embroidery started then as well. Um, okay, but so I, this wasn't something you learned as a kid. No, nope. This was a like picking up cold. I had some free time. Like it was in the fall. It was in like September. Um, and I just didn't want to be on my phone. I didn't, I was like, what can I do that's different? I like, and I, I like, I've always been like crafty and, okay. you know, artsy, but I was like, oh, I'll, you know, embroidery is pretty cheap in terms of like, if I buy a hoop, some fabric and some thread and it doesn't go well, it's not like a huge loss, <laughs> so, you know, financially. Like <laughs> this is like a safe gamble to see if I like it. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, I like went on YouTube and like looked up a couple stitches, like how to do them. Um, YouTube is great. <laughs> a great learning tool for that. And <laughs> yes, then like I became obsessed. The snowball s- snowballed fast because I did a couple like patterns that I had bought on um, Etsy, like downloadable patterns. And I sure. stitched those within a week. And my roommate at the time was like, oh my God, what? This you've been sitting here for hours doing this. And I'm like, I know I love it. Like I love it. And so really from the start, you know, I kind of just started, I wanted to create my own designs right away. And, you know, I had, I started with a couple of things I purchased um, to try it out, but you know, I, um, I made, I made up a couple of designs. I sketched them out and I, and I started stitching them with no plan to like start a business. I was just like, this is giving me some, this is a hobby. This is a cute mm-hmm. hobby. It's mine. It's no one else's. But then, you know, friends of mine were like, oh, I would buy that from you. Or can I Can I buy that? Or do you have it in this color? And I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. So then, you know, I think probably the following spring, so months later, I did my first market. And it was such a which, success. Which market did you do? I did the, um, I think it was the South Lake Union Farmer's Market. Um, okay. I think it still goes by that name, but yeah, I like, I paid for a booth. I set up my stuff and like, looking back to that, I'm like, Oh my God, like I have made so many improvements and learned so many things, even about doing markets since then. But it was kind of like, I totally was going in with like, don't know what I'm doing. We'll see if people actually like want to buy this. Cause at the time I was like, why would someone give me their money for this? You know, it was definitely like imposter syndrome. I was like, what? But, you know, there was enough support from people, like close people in my life that I was like, oh, sure. Like, let's just see. And then it just kind of kept going. I really, you know, I was enjoying making work and I was enjoying making new designs. And um, 
you know, like you definitely sell more product at a market than you do on Etsy. I mean, I love Etsy as a platform in terms of me not having to create the platform for myself, but mm -hmm. it doesn't do much to promote your work. It's just kind of there and you have to do your own work to direct people to the, right. to buy, you know, but yeah, but that's how I started. It was a hobby. And then very fast, it was like, Oh no, this is an obsession. And us, it snowballed. <laughs> so right. yeah. Yeah. So in Mackenzie, so, and Mackenzie is my daughter. Yeah. She's typically the one that finds interesting people outside of my, my sphere. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is great. This is cool. She sends me this, this, you know, message, mm -hmm. hello, Chloe embroidery. And I'm like, what? You're like, okay, whatever. And I'm thinking <laughs> like, you know, tea towels that my grandmother used to make mm -hmm. and nothing, you know, I mean, and, and so I look it up and the first, almost the first thing I see is your uh -huh. get shit done. And I just started laughing and I'm and like, you know, okay, okay. I can, I can, I can relate <laughs> to like, this topic can, now. Well, I found that, a connection that I can relate to. It's like, okay. That was actually, that's the very first design that I made that was my own. So way back in the early embroidery journey, I mean, it's a lot more cleaned up now when I stitch uh -huh. it, it's a lot more like clean. But at the time that was actually the first one I was like, Oh, I want to make this. And I've been making that one since 2017. Like I, you know, that it's like, and it's, you know, I have it, I, I have, I have it in kit form that people can buy and stitch it for themselves. And I have mm -hmm. like finished pieces that people can buy if they're like, Ugh, I don't want to stitch it myself. So that, that one, um, that one's the tried and true, the original. That's <laughs> the, the original, the one, huh? Yeah. So that's, the that's one that funny that because it got, got you too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it really did because I, I mean, I know, Anybody that's entrepreneurial, I, I will have a connection with. Did you think you would be entrepreneurial? Have you been on? I mean, you, you said you kind of hustle and you've got multiple mm -hmm. jobs, but entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Would that be a word that would describe you? I, yeah, I think now. now, I think now 100%. I think if you had asked me like, you know, five years ago, I'd be like, uh, no, probably not. But like now, not just embroidery, but looking at everything else, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the embroidery, I mean, it's, you know, business goes up and down. It's not consistent. Like I can't rely on a certain amount of money per month from it, which no. I wish, but it's become a, you know, a form of income when I'm not in the show. <laughs> You know, or like it's kind of come in and helped support, you know, what I'm doing. Like dance is always mm -hmm. the top of the top for me mm -hmm. in terms of where I'm putting my energy in my life. But the embroidery helps kind of to support that. And I like being my own boss. I, I really don't. I like kind of being in control of things. I mean, that's why I'm a teacher, right? I run the game. <laughs> like I run the room. I like being a choreographer. I like making the decisions. But I like obviously collaborating with my peers and, you know, folks I work with. But embroidery is just another way I can like have a malleable set of things to help me just kind of like do what I want to do, you know? Oh, and I applaud that. So you mentioned farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How well do you still do? Are you, well, once again, COVID, but yeah, yeah. the markets are, the markets are coming back. They are. Are you, are you anticipating taking your embroidery back to the markets? Yeah. And you know, like that first one was a farmer's market and there are so many fabulous farmer's markets around Seattle that have vendors, you know, but I actually, um, 
I don't do a lot of the farmer's markets, like weekly stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I just embroidery is a time consuming thing. And I, I can't, I wouldn't be able to keep up product wise with that, but I do, I do some different like makers markets around here. Okay. So I, I actually did, I did a market back in September um, in Bothell. It was the Bothell Makers Market. It was the first okay. one for Bothell, and it was amazing. The turnout was fabulous. It was like the last like eighty degree day that we had, <laughs> and before we like really like kind of like settled into fall. Um, but so I love doing those. I because there's like a there's a whole community of small business owners and makers in town that like are dear yes. friends of mine now who I've met through these different makers markets. So I'll do like a couple or few a year. Usually um, I can't do much more just because embroidery is not my full-time. I don't have any full-time job, but um, I think some makers that that's what they do. And I think, I, I think that's amazing, but that will never be all that I'm doing. So I can do a few a year and then um, that's, yeah, it's usually about it. Well, I'm looking on your Etsy, yeah, your Etsy thing right now, and lungs. Oh yeah, so I know I said the get shit done pieces were the first ones, kind of that I yeah. made in my own um, creative journey. But the anatomy pieces are my favorite pieces to make; they're my best sellers. Um, and I just, I mean, I think it comes from dance. I just love the human body. I think it's like full of miracles, and it's just this like powerhouse of a machine like the body is so amazing and so that's where and i've always loved anatomy and i took anatomy in college okay. and i'm like just incredibly fascinated by anatomy and physiology um but yeah but those pieces you know i i made i think i made the heart i made a heart piece first with flowers you know mm-hmm. kind of spilling out of it and it didn't sell for like a year and a half and i was like oh maybe it's a little too weird for people um and I think I made a couple, I made like, maybe I made the heart and then I, maybe I made the lungs next and then the brain after that. But then suddenly like I, people just started buying them like and requesting them for custom orders and custom work. And um, so I'm glad I stuck with it. I'm glad I didn't just decide to ditch the idea. It just needed some time to like, I think just exist. Um, but now it's like, it's the piece that is the most in demand um, from folks, but I, I love those pieces. And I've done quite a few of them now in like a very wide range when it comes to custom orders, the things that people request, like very tender. Um, I have a lot of like stories that people share that a, a piece like that kind of touches in them. And So you're yeah. doing custom work for people then? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I always have, but it, it definitely has picked up more in the past couple of years um, just because I've had a little more time to take on more, but I've done everything from like, you know, like custom, I don't know, like I did like 10 handkerchiefs for someone's like bridal party. Like I, you know, embroidered like mm. initials and florals. And then, um, but most of, most of my custom work is like offshoots of work I already make, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. people aren't like, here's this thing and this idea, can you design it and make it? And it's nothing like what you do. You know, it's, it's definitely, I don't really take that on. I, I usually it's related to things that that already existed my in my work i'm looking at winter floral and it's a digital pdf yeah so mm-hmm. in, in layman's terms is that's a pattern for somebody that's a to use mm-hmm. okay. yeah i launched the patterns i guess 
Oh my God. So the, we're in, okay. We currently find ourselves in 2022. So I, I launched those in the winter of 2020. So my okay. kit, my kits and patterns, um, it'd been a request for a couple of years from customers. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't have time to figure that out. And then I had some time. So I, um, I buckled down and I designed like some really beautiful stitch guides. Um, and so I have, yeah, full kits that people can buy. And then those digital mm -hmm. PDFs, I think are amazing because you can just download it. It takes you through like step-by-step -step for the whole pattern. It takes you through okay. like their illustrations, pictures, you know, all this stuff. If, if, if someone has. So it's supplies. not just a piece of, a, a, I'll say paper, but it's digital, but it's not just the pattern. It's actually. It's like 22 pages of like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I like, I kind of just go through, I wish I don't have a, because it's that many pages, that's why it's, I keep it a digital, unless someone can request a physical copy if, mm -hmm. if it just does not work to have it digital. But I'm trying to think if I even have one. But yeah, I just kind of take someone through as if they know nothing at all. I'm assuming they know nothing about embroidery. So I talk about color theory and how I choose my colors. I talk about, you know, here's the sizes of needles or here's how you, you know, just kind of like the beginning, like all the fundamental embroidery things that I have learned, like I've kind of taught myself. So none of it is like mm -hmm. traditional. I probably do a lot of things that um, maybe people who are like deeply rooted in tradition of the art of embroidery would be like, oh, you never knot your thread or like, don't knot your thread. Like I knot my thread all the time. That's how I start um, when I stitch, okay. but I know you're not supposed to do that. But anyway, I do a lot of things that maybe because <laughs> I taught myself, um, uh, yeah, maybe a little unconventional, but I kind of take people through all of those basics oh. and then take them into the pattern. So yeah, it's pretty comprehensive. So if, if I'm looking at, well, let's just go back to your, your, your get shit done. Just cause yeah. I like saying that. Yep. <laughs> uh, I got to respect so if, it. I mean, yeah. get shit done. So if I look at this, mm -hmm. the kit, comes with everything I need to make the project. Correct. Right? Yeah. Including a including basically the manual that walks me through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I um I do email that. Like if someone ordered a kit for me, um, you know, I would ship that out to them and they open the box and they have a hoop that already has the fabric stretched and has the pattern printed on the fabric. They have their they have two needles, they have the thread, all the stuff, and then they would have emailed to them that digital Yeah. Right. And I mean, I you know, if it were me, like if I I I I mean I'm I would not want to receive a twenty page PDF like in a box, but I, no. I would maybe select pages to print out. Cause I do like physical things, but um, yeah, right. but I haven't, I think the PDF has worked for folks. So yeah, the PDF then would come in digital right. format and then you'd have your physical supplies. All right. Humor me. Yeah. I, I have the box sitting here at my desk. Mm -hmm. I don't, but humor mm -hmm. Me. Mm -hmm. I open it up. I don't know what I'm doing. How long is this project going to take me? Yeah. And we're talking get shit done. We're talking that piece. We're talking get shit yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, great. I so that piece only uses like three different stitches, right? It looks pretty okay. dense, but I, I tell people that's a that's a beginner piece because um, it's a lot of repetition. I tell people you get a lot of practice time with these stitches. So I would say that piece it takes me 
about two hours start to finish or two and a half to stitch. I okay. think if someone was a beginner, it could take up to six hours, depending on how quick they picked it up. Just because there's a lot, like there's a lot of French knots in that. And I love French knots. Some people really hate French knots, you know, and they're difficult. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, I don't imagine longer than six hours, but it could be like, you know, okay. you pick it so up. It's a, it's a day. It's a weekend project. I, I could sit I around. It's a weekend uh, project. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you know, but some folks, they want to do a couple stitches, put it down and like come back to it. Like, you know, in 10 days, like in, in that, whereas like some people want to sit down and they just like want to knock it out and finish it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but I would predict for a beginner, maybe five, six hours um, or, or quicker. Yeah. So I'm looking at the embroidery on the lettering. Yes. Yeah. Walk me through, cause it's not, well, they look like, oh, you said French knots, but they mm-hmm. look like little flowers. I mean, mm-hmm. all the little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 How does one do that? The little knots? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, this is a podcast, so no visuals. I mean, it's, it's really just a matter of, you know, you have your needle, your thread is ready. And to create that knot, I mean, essentially you're just wrapping the thread around that needle kind of holding mm-hmm. it there and putting it down through the thread and pulling it on through. Like it just kind of creates that surface knot. Um, but you're just kind of, yeah, wrapping around and pulling it through. Um, many people would be upset at how simply I just described that. Cause I, it's like some people really do not like these knots. Um, I use them a lot, so I am not one of those people, but yeah. Well, they add, they add dimension and color and, yeah. and, and little um, and texture. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, nice. very cool. Versus the, the get and done looks. Yeah. It's just like a split um, stitch. Just, yeah, there it is. Yeah. What's next for you with the embroidery? What do you see yourself doing? Yeah. It's honestly like it, I'm definitely in a low period of like business is slow right now. I mean, yeah. post post holidays, Mm-hmm. Any person right. who sells things knows that this is a weird, always a weird time of Absolutely year. Absolutely a weird time, yes. You know, and that's like, you just have to remember, like, this is not about the quality of the work or people hate your work now. It's like, it's literally, this is just what it is every year. But I think, um, I mean, for me, like, my my goal is definitely still, like, getting my kits more traction. Um, they've been a mm-hmm. hit, but I, I want that to grow more because from a business side of things that would continue to help support me because those mm-hmm. don't take as much time for me to make as opposed to a finished piece. And I think they're a lot more accessible for folks than right. the price of a finished piece, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But like, but I, I mean, I like making really big pieces too that take me, like I have a piece sitting behind me that, I mean, it's not done yet. And I, I started it, I guess maybe fall of 2020. Like, and I'm just kind of, there are some pieces I just like taking my time with and they're big and I'll sell Mm -hmm. them at some point. But I think goal wise, like I want to keep reminding myself to, to put time into those pieces, even though they don't turn a profit quickly. Right. That's more the creative side of like trying to figure out like, Oh, where does my creative voice want to go right now? Mm -hmm. And, And I, and I don't know exactly. I feel like it wants to go somewhere. Um, so while I'm figuring that out, I think kits and um, getting back into teaching classes too. I've got a class coming well, up, which I'm, yeah, I'm psyched about. So yeah, classes I teach as well. And the, this class that you're teaching, mm-hmm. 
this episode will go live right before it, but it's mm-hmm. not going to impact your registration. Sorry, you're not going to oh, sell okay. out because of this podcast. Almost, I think we're almost full, like which is awesome. Good. Yeah. So, so February 12th. So you're actually teaching in person. We're teaching in person. Yeah. Um. You know, masks mm-hmm. required. You know, all the things to keep all everyone safe. But, but yeah, I I haven't taught a class since you know before all of this and and i do really really love teaching um so yeah so we are actually going to stitch the get shit done piece that was requested by the folks who are um, bringing me on board for this one and okay. uh and yeah so how so, big is this class how big is this class going to be i think it's going to be about 20 people 20 people so okay. you know you pay and all class structures are a little bit different depending on where you are but you know everyone kind of paid for a ticket and that ticket mm-hmm. means they get to walk into the room and they, they have all the supplies there for them and they get to take those supplies mm-hmm. home. And it's a three hour class. So, you know, some folks will probably make a lot of progress and some folks might want to like stitch a little bit and like use that time to like, you know, you're, you're stitching with people, you know, so right. you're, you're hanging out. It's a social thing as well. So, um, but yeah, so we'll stitch that piece. And I think one other, I have two options that people can choose from. And then okay. we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I'm excited. I hope I hope people are excited. I think they are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think actually the idea of people, I think I think for a certain segment, you know, I just got done a little while ago saying I didn't want to go to a concert. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people are really wanting to get out, really yeah. wanting to reconnect in mm-hmm. person with people. Yeah. And um, I, I take that for granted. Cause I, I mean, I've been teaching through the whole pandemic and even when I was all on virtual and my kids were at home, like I, I was still going to the dance studio to teach in an empty studio to a camera. Like I think I take mm-hmm. for granted that I, I haven't just been at home or like, I just was on tour for, you know, dancing. Like I have been around a lot of people but that has mm-hmm. not been everyone's experience. So like coming to an right. embroidery class is thrilling, right. is thrilling to like right. go walk into a it's, room and be like, it, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to be with some, some people and it's going to be great. Now let's be fair. Yeah. Did you ever think in your life that you would say going to an embroidery class was thrilling? I mean, come Probably on. Probably not. That's no. not <laughs> thrilling in an embroidery. I tease, but you know, thrilling no, in an embroidery <laughs> don't seem like they go together. No, I know. <laughs> I, I use the word thrilling. I mean, I'm in a moment of my life where I'm like, so many things feel so thrilling. And it's, again, awesome. it's the context of, of the life that we're currently in um, this, see, this chapter. But things are thrilling. It's like, oh, right. When you get to do, when you get to do something with people, if we're going to boil it right. down, it's really when you get to do something with people, to me, that's thrilling. Now, to some people, that might not be thrilling. Like staying at home, like having alone time can also be equally thrilling. But I, I do right. love them. Um, yeah, community and All right. people. All right, thrilling so and thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna ask you some of my stock questions. Yeah, I'm ready. Are you a fan of coffee? I sure am. Oh yeah. Okay, that's a good an- good answer because otherwise I would have just hung up on you after all this time. <laughs> hung up, delete uh, this episode. Deleted it. This show did not exist. <laughs> What's your coffee beverage of choice? Mm. Are you a, are you a, a latte person, black coffee person? I, it depends on what time of the day you're catching me. First cup of coffee of the day is black coffee or like a little, like a little bit of cream, but like, just give me like drip coffee, make it at home. Done. 
Um, okay. But my my second coffee of the day, like usually around like one or two. Um, I don't indulge. A.M. Because that's I mean <laughs> second at one what one or two in the afternoon. Um, we oh you know like I don't indulge every day because it adds up. But a cappuccino or I do love a latte. But let me tell you, the place down the street for me, they make a cardamom latte, and that is my ultimate treat. I love cardamom, and it's a good latte. So that's my like. And what's treat. what's the, what's the name of the place? It's Madison Kitchen. Madison Kitchen. Madison okay. Kitchen down here in Madison Park. It's a lovely little spot. One of my favorites. The sweetest people and like amazing selection of baked goods, which I have a big sweet tooth. So give me my coffee. Give me a scone. I am. I'm happy. You're, you're in your happy place. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Well, when you're not dancing, when mm-hmm. you're not teaching, when you're not stitching, <laughs> what do you like to do for fun? It's always a funny question because I'm like, oh God, what do I do? Because all those things to me are fun. Everything I do, all my yes. work, all my work things are fun, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like I have a really sweet scruffy dog, and I like we like going on walks. We like snuggling. Mm-hmm. We're we're snuggles, snuggles all the time. Um, but yeah, doing that or going on walks. Honestly, like I just I do like being outside. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, like trying to see friends. <laughs> I, I you know it's like that one's hard for me. I'm like, oh right, prioritizing like just hanging out with people, and you're not working. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I mean seeing seeing my loved ones and like my family's all around here, so family time and. And my dog. Those are the outside of work. That's that's the outside of work stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Where can people find out more about your dance? Let's start with that one. Yeah. Um, they can find more. So my Instagram is hello Chloe Marie. And that's kind of where all my dance stuff goes in terms of all like, right. you know, show stuff and whatever. And then my website, which is chloealbin.com. So okay. if a show comes up, I'll update it on the event page on there. Um, but yeah, those are the two, the right. two places. Oh yeah. What about embroidery? Mm-hmm. Embroidery is definitely so similar Instagram handle. Hello, Chloe Marie dot embroidery. So if you type in hello, <laughs> Chloe Marie on Instagram, you will like both of my two options will pop up at the top. Okay. Um, intentionally, you're very easy to find in that way. Um, so yeah, all my embroidery is there and through there, you know, you can search my shop on Etsy at Hello Chloe Marie on Etsy. Okay. Um, and, and if that, you do any markets, if you do mm-hmm. markets, where do you announce those at? If I do markets, I announce them. I put that information on my Instagram page. I also have a mailing list that I okay. send out every couple months or like whenever I have something coming up um, and folks can sign up for that. There's a link in on my Instagram again, in, in the bio, there's a link to sign up for that. Um, but yeah, that's usually where the info comes out. It, those are some good emails. Like I don't, I don't have time to like send out like, you know, emails with just like kind of nothing just like to annoy you. Um, it's really like, here's the information. Here's when it's happening. Hope to see you there. So that's definitely where people can keep up with me, but instagram if they don't want to get emails from me all right yeah to wrap this up Mm -hmm. what didn't we talk about that we should have (laughs) is i i think we you did a good job of like looking at like okay who is this (laughs) who is this person what is she doing um we we covered all the main stuff you know like 
I mean, I could talk for da- like about dance forever. I'm like, what it, did we, we barely talked about it. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's cause there's so much to talk about. Well, let's, <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, let's, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Share something with us about dance that we, it's not, it would not be readily known by people who are dance enthusiasts. How's that? I know nothing mm. about dance, so you can make this up and I'll go, Oh, cool. <laughs> like, but, um, yeah, that's oh, fascinating. But share something about dance. That's a little bit, you know, off the beaten path, if you will. Yeah. I mean, specifically, and this, I guess this kind of turns into a plug as well of like work that I'm doing again, like going to like, so I work with drag queens, like pretty famous mm-hmm. drag queens. And that maybe people wouldn't think is like where huh. a professional dancer might find themselves. And, but, okay. Oh my goodness. I would say drag, drag and dance are just like, and the folks that I work for specifically are so collaborative and really want to use dance to elevate, not just like have dancers behind them, step touching, mm-hmm. but like fully involved in the production and like, you know, like I'm in a movie that's you can watch on Hulu or Amazon. It's like on all the platforms, and that oh, was because. What, what, wait, wait, stop, stop! I know we didn't what, even touch mo- that. What? Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> We're what? not done. No, Buckle up, folks. Yeah, the, we're going to land this plane, but it might be a bumpy ride. Be a bumpy um, ride. Yeah. M- the m- movie, what, mm-hmm. tell me more. The movie we made in um, the summer of 2020, it's a holiday movie that came out in the kind of holiday time 2020. It's called the Jinx and Dela Holiday Special. And okay. um, initially it was uh, Hulu. You could only watch it on Hulu, but I think now you can watch it on um or I, I say for sh- for sure, you can watch it on Apple TV and Amazon Prime and whatever okay. else. Most streaming platforms, um, not Netflix. It's not on Netflix because we're on Hulu. Uh, but yeah, so that movie, you know, was written and produced by Ben Villacrem, who I work for with okay. Gaylord Manor, which we talked about earlier. And Jinx Monsoon is the other drag queen in it. And um, they, you know, the movie, I got to pull in like I kind of got to like make the cast with, with Ben and uh, pull in dancers. I was, I was the dance director on that. And um, a lot of the choreography is very collaborative. Like we kind of all walk into a room and we, we all, all everyone's ideas are like brought in and we kind of sift through, figure out, okay, what's going to work. But, um, but I get to kind of like help facilitate that in a big way. And I dance in the, in the movie as well. But I would say, if yeah, for people who aren't super involved in dance, like, I would say check out that movie and like if that's your first drag experience it's an amazing one to have like the work that we're doing is like I think it really pushes the boundaries of like what what drag is and what dance is and how those two can work together and like elevate each other Um, that's kind of I mean that's where my heart lies but check out that movie holidays in the holidays outside of holiday time you know just dive in (laughs) watch a watch a holiday show in february there we go okay the drag scene in seattle Mm -hmm. it's happened how okay it's a a special city for drag yeah there's elaborate yeah i mean there's a lot going on i feel like i don't even i don't even know all the queens that are working it out you know every weekend um I know quite a few of them and I'll go and see shows like there are shows. I mean, so many days of the week, even right now that you can find. And, you know, a lot of drag performers Mm -hmm. 
did the whole digital thing and they did it so well. I think Dragon Burlesque performers really buckled in and figured out how to do a digital show very mm-hmm. well. Um, but yeah, but I mean, this town, you know, the the range of drag that, you know, I think maybe when people think about drag, they think about going to a drag brunch and, you know, having some mimosas and watching some like people lip sync or something. But I, I think it's very important to say that like, it's so much like sometimes it can be that. And that is amazing. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be much, a much different experience. Sometimes it can be, yeah, a full production of like that's scripted and there's texture. It's like, you're what, you know, I think drag performers are all people who have a talent that drag then is kind of lifting up. Right. Like you have folks that write, you have folks that sing, you have folks that, do whatever but then drag kind of i think for for a lot of folks go with that so there's in that way there's a lot of different versions of what you might see on a drag stage comedy comedy singing acting whatever um and that's exciting it's exciting what else have did see we we asked that question and we 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 covered something we hadn't touched on what else what else i mean we're back to like what else did we not cover yeah, what else didn't we cover? Uh, I, you know, I can't think of, we, we really covered a lot. And hopefully, I mean, we've been talking for a while. Hopefully this is still yeah. interesting to people. Because <laughs> I'm like, I just, I mean, I live in my own bubble. And I'm like, oh, I was just saying to my partner, I'm like, why would someone like want to interview me? Like, but then I have to remember, like, I do a lot of things that are maybe, it's like, it's my own little mix of things that are very different mm-hmm. <laughs> from, you know, right. my neighbor it's, or whatever. So well, in, yeah. in, in our purpose on the show is to, you know, sh- help showcase sounds grandiose, but I don't know. Yeah. Shine a light sounds a little more optimistic, but yeah. um, there's so many people across the state that are doing some amazing things that they don't necessarily, um, just because you're not covered in say insert name of big like Seattle times, you know, right. or, or, or is, doesn't mean that somebody's not doing some amazing, interesting things. And yeah. I get to sit here and have these conversations with people and selfishly. I'm the one who picks the guests. I mean, I get input, but I'm ultimately like I'm the one. And so I get to have the conversations and yeah. I'm learning something with every single guest that we talk to. I, you know, I love to hear people's stories, even if they're not, a path that I would necessarily want to go on. Right. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of like, for example, people that like to climb mountains, mm-hmm. my stairs upstairs, they're, they're, that's the biggest <laughs> journey. I that's need a enough. Sherpa to that's help enough. me go up the stairs. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to go climb Rainier. I think yeah. it's cool that you want to, I'm not going to mm-hmm. follow you. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you'd never see me dance. That's just not going to be my thing. Yeah. But doesn't mean that it's not interesting. And that if we can help, provide us some exposure and who knows maybe somebody wants to pick up embroidery now yeah come I mean, come to me come you know, to me yeah there, there yeah. you go see yeah so you know i just want to thank you for taking time today and and, and sharing your your journey and your story with us i've i've enjoyed it i i've learned wow, a lot so fun this is so fun and uh yeah well thank you so much yeah and thank you again for having me of course
Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.